Welcome to Topple Uncaged. I'm Steve Topple and you're locked on to the UK's hottest politics and music podcast. Each week, I bring you the rawest takes on the big stories making the news, always joined by a very special guest. Then, I pleasure your mind, body and soul with the freshest, most banging international music going. Uncaged. Boys and girls wanna hear a true story Saturday night was at this real wild party They had the liquor overflow in the cup About five, six strippers trying to work for a buck And I took one girl outside with me What's up everyone? I am Steve Topple It is Sunday the 23rd of June And that can only mean one thing It's this week's edition of Topple Uncaged What would you do if the sun was at home? Crying all alone on the bedroom floor Cause he's hungry Yes, this week's theme song was chosen by Alex Tiffin, who runs a Universal Credit Stuff for a website. Follow him on Twitter, it's at Respect and Vital. Thank you, Alex. It is, of course, City High. What would you do? A classic track, and from nearly two decades ago, but as Alex points out, it has strange relevance with regards to Universal Credit. Of course, we hear stories of poverty, destitution, and ultimately, some women turn to sex work to be able to feed their families and keep a roof over their heads. But for me, the song has greater resonance than just the universal credit implications. If you look at the bridge where there's a guy telling the girl in question in the story to essentially pull yourself together and stop making excuses, that sums up the whole narrative and the whole attitude towards working class people we have in 2019. Let us mad sure he's going through the same mad thing, sure. yo. If I ever ran into your girlfriend, I'd probably say, hold up. What would you do? Get up on my feet and let go of every excuse. You have essentially the working classes pitted against one another, divided down the middle via left and right politics, and then you have the middle classes looking down on the working classes, sneering at them and telling them to pull themselves together. All fed by a government and media narrative that has built up over decades. And of course the Tory leadership contest, that which we're now left with Boris Johnson and Jeremy Hunt vying for the title, just encapsulates all of these problems. Two odious men, both of the beliefs that poor people are good for nothing, both arrogant, and both of the history of extremely distasteful politics are going to be our next Prime Minister, or rather one of them is. If you thought things were bad under David Cameron and Theresa May, they are only going to get worse, not as Tony Blair pushed upon us, get better. And meanwhile, in second place for this week's theme song is a suggestion by the gorgeous Nicola Jeffrey, and she thinks this is quite appropriate. I mean, with the situation with Mark Field and the Greenpeace activist. It could well be the theme music for the next Tory party conference. What a bunch of odious shits they all are. 
If you want to pick the theme song for next week's news cycle, you can get in touch with me via Twitter towards the end of next week. Anyway, let's get on with today's show. Soaring above this week's top stories, I'm free-flying with... My guest on this week's Free Flying With section is from a fantastic campaign group. I spotted this, thank you to the interaction of Jill on my podcast last week. She pointed me to this campaign and it is one which I believe is very, very important and again, something which is not getting the attention it deserves because I actually dread to think how many people it is affecting in this country. It is a huge problem, one that I was actually touched by, touched with myself many years ago, so it's not something new, but I think it's very important that we raise more awareness of this issue so i'm very excited to be able to introduce to you jane from the campaign group uk mortgage prisoners jane thank you so much for coming on the podcast to discuss this it's really really great to speak to you you're more than welcome so tell me for the listeners at home uk mortgage prisoners what is this campaign all about because a lot of people may not have heard of this and we want to get it more attention don't we We do, yes. One of our main things is to try and get in touch with as many mortgage prisoners as possible. And there's a lot of people that won't even know they're mortgage prisoners. Um, We're wanting, ideally, um, some sort of redress and new product availability for our existing mortgage prisoners. And also, probably one of the main things is to stop any future sales to inactive lenders, which will stop creating further mortgage prisoners. Excellent. So, in, I mean, in layman's terms, break it down for me. What what do you define as a mortgage prisoner? What What is the sort of criteria for that? Um, a mortgage prisoner is somebody who is stuck in their mortgage deal and basically unable to mortgage. Um, a vast majority of cases are down to the loan, um, their loan, their mortgage being sold, unbeknown to them, onto an in- inactive lender. Once they come to the end of their fixed deal, then they're stuck. There's no new products available. They're stuck on the lender's SVR, which is usually highly inflated. Um, Affordability criteria have changed over the years, and they can't remortgage to get to a new company, so they're stuck in that deal literally for the rest rest of the lifetime of the mortgage. So that makes them a mortgage prisoner. Excellent. And I mean, as a, do you have any idea of sort of numbers of people in this country who are affected by this? I mean, did you, how many people roughly are you dealing with as a group, do you think? Well, our group started um, uh, with probably about, it started uh, by a chap called Tim Coates. And it was the few people just looking for answers that got together and it ended up with two, three, four, five, got up to about 40 or 50. Um Mortgage prisoner group now is over it's over 1100 people. That many? <laughs> yeah, 1100 people and th- that was boosted primarily last year on in in um October the Panorama show did a show called what's it called you're going to have to help me here Trapped by my mortgage Trapped by my mortgage and that was really the catalyst that um the lady that was uh, one of the ladies that was in the show sort of finished the show sat down at home and thought you know what i'm not going to i'm not going to stop now this is this is going to be the main thing that i'm going to push for and she she started campaigning she joined the group she found the group 
um, lots of people rallied round, um, and she basically sort of stood up, put the big girl's pants on, and said, "Right, I'm going to fight this." And that lady's called Rachel Neal, and she's she's one of the lead campaigners, and we run the group together now. Um, and hats off to her. She's 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 got Crohn's disease, and she's just pushed and pushed and pushed. And we have got so far with this. We've had one-to-one meetings with the Financial Conduct Authority with Andrew Bailey. We've we've had talks with um, Martin Lewis's office. Uh, we've had one-to-one meetings with the Financial Ombudsman, and we've we've had a debate in Parliament in Westminster only last week, which. Um, a host of MPs were involved in. Um, people like Gordon Marsden, Paul Tully have been really good supporters. And the main man for us has got to be Charlie Efflick. He has pushed the debate. Um, him with Kevin Holland have really pushed it, got our problem through there. And we had a two and a half hour debate. Everybody seems to be on our side. There is a huge issue where, we, where the government sold us to an inactive lender we're tied up. We can't move anywhere else. Um, from the debate, we're moving forward to the results of the Financial Conduct Authority's consultation paper on, on mortgage prisoners, which is due out at the end of summer, they say, which we hope it will be. Time is obviously of the essence because we're, we're under a lot of financial pressure. Um, we're wanting redress on, redress on the situation that we're in, um, the Financial Conduct Authority, we think, is going to change the affordability rules to allow people who have been paying their mortgage, which is all of us, to move to a new rate. But they're not making it mandatory for people to take it on, which is going right back to where it was 11 years ago. Why, why is this such an important issue, um, do you think, across the country? What really d- drives your campaign? What, ma- what, what makes it so important, do you think? Um, two things. Uh, one is redress for the people that have actually been... We've got 150,000 to 200,000 suspected mortgage prisoners. All would benefit from going to a better rate. And every single one of those was created by the sale well well, the sale sale of the the big one was the sale of northern rock ucar which is uk acid management then nationalized um northern rock before nationalization the margins on our mortgages were 1.84 percent now during or actually on nationalization that changed and the margin got hiked to 4.29 percent that's 233% increase. So every single one of us started at that base point. So whether you're on interest only, repayment, a bit of both, everybody got hammered by that. And that was our government that did that. And that was was underhand. The government should be whiter than white. They did it at a time when mortgage rates, when interest rates were coming down. So it was hidden. It was really well hidden. But, But it's outrageous that they did it. And for 11 years, that's been hidden. And what they've done then is they've created, for eight years, they held on to us, and they've created a really high-yield cash cow. Um, we're, we're worth a lot of money. We're a huge yield, and we're, we, the return is massive. And then sold us off to a vulture fund. The, the same vulture fund wasn't interested in us before they did the hike, by the way, in 2008. They tried to buy us then, and they went, no, it's not a good deal. So they came back eight years later and uh, said, oh, yes, yeah, a better deal now. We'll buy you. 
and they just sold us off. And they, they, we're not we're not people. We're not humans. We're just numbers. And it, it's shameful that they've done it. It's our government. They should be whiter than white. We should be able to trust them. And they they duped us basically. They completely duped everybody. Um, and they're going to try and do it again. And that's the second thing that we need to stop. We need to stop any future sales of vulture funds. Charlie Efflick, our superstar um, MP, he's uh, the MP of Deal and Dover. He's put a, um, well, together with Seymour Maholtra, they've put a, an APPG group, which is an all-party parliamentary group, together. And that's to, to aid more, to help mortgage prisoners and to stop the future sale to vulture funds of any anything else. Um, I mean, Tesco's have just announced that they're going to sell their loan book. And we're really, really trying hard to stop them because it, the massive destruction that it causes with families, with family breakups, suicides, mental health problems, it's, it's immense. We've got stories you wouldn't believe where people are stuck in houses where they can't move for the most disastrous reasons. And it's all down to that 233% increase and tying us in for all that time. I mean, Jane, just to finish up, what, so what can people do to get involved? If they think or know they are a mortgage prisoner or we've got people listening who know someone or who want to support you, what can they do to get involved with UK mortgage prisoners? Right, well, if, um, if anybody's listening to this, um, they can contact us by our website, which is www.ukmortgageprisoners.com. Um, our Facebook group is just simply UK Mortgage Prisoners. Our Twitter handle is mortgage, UK Mortgage Prison. No S on the end of that one. But I would ask everybody to watch the Panorama programme. It is really eye-opening. Um, it's available on iPlayer, and it's the Panorama programme that went, was screened on the 23rd of October. It's really important that as many people see that as possible because that was the eye-opener that was the catalyst that's really pushed this campaign. Excellent. I will put a link to the Panorama programme in the show notes along with all your details, Jane. My goodness, this is this is quite a quite a story. If 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 I wasn't on the back foot with my work at the minute, I'd be writing something about it. But it is it is staggering and all power to you for doing so much excellent work on this. Jane, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking about UK mortgage prisoners. Jane, thank you. Thank you, Steve. Time for you guys to be uncaged because Twitter chirps back. Yes, it is that part of the show where you set the news agenda. It is Twitter chirps back. Every Thursday, I put out a tweet just before BBC Question Time. You guys respond with your views on the week's stories and what you think is important, and I will read them out on the show. It is as simple as that. I want you to get involved. So, Twitter, what have you got for me this week? Loads of comments again. There's some actually some real debates started in this Twitter thread, which is really, really good to see. I'm so pleased people are getting involved with this. So, where to begin? Um, I'll tell you what, let's start off with Nicola Jeffrey, my queen, Nicola Jeffrey. You can follow her on Twitter, it's at Nicola T. Jeffrey. She said, the rise of firstly homelessness, and secondly, the now shocking rise in homeless sleepers being set on fire, which is attempted murder, by the way, regardless of how it's being reported. Yeah, but 24 likes that tweet got. There is a rise in the tax on homeless and rough sleeping people at the minute. It is quite shocking, actually. She's specifically referring to, excuse me, um, a tweet that the Met put out quite a while ago, it's a couple of weeks now, um, where they said they're investigating an arson attack on a homeless man whose sleeping bag was set on fire. Never mind he was still in it. The Met are treating it as arson when someone set fire to him while he was in his sleeping bag. As I tweeted at the time, if that had been someone in their bedroom and someone came in and set fire to their bed while they were sleeping in it, it would be attempted murder. It is shocking. And it's also shocking the way the authorities are doing 
dealing with this. So it is on the rise, Nicola, yes. And this is an extremely important point as well. My man behind the booth, DJ Pause, Pause Radio, who's my sound engineer, he said, everything the Tories said Corbyn would do if in number 10, the Tories are doing. Chaos with the Tories. Yes, it is absolute chaos at the minute, isn't it? I mean, it's hard to know where to begin, never mind the laughable leadership election, which I think we'll come on to in a minute, because quite a few people have commented on that. But yes, it's just absolute craziness with the Tories. They're literally imploding. I mean, they've been imploding for a number of years, but they, they're imploding even more as we speak. It is quite shocking, DJ Pause, the level of chaos the Tories are in, yes. And we can't talk about the Tories without talking about the Tory leadership election. Mr. Boris Johnson versus Mr. Jeremy <coughs> Hunt. Hunt, of course, that this has been going on. Um, Gail Leatherby, good friend of the show, good friend of mine, Gail Leatherby, she says, Steve, please, please don't call him Boris. Johnson is not our mate. Johnson is not a cuddly, bumbling blonde. He is a self-serving, self-entitled, bigoted, inept and devoid of morals. And Hunt's not much better. Yes, Gail, you're spot on. I've always said this about Boris Johnson. He is not bumbling and inept. It is always a sideshow with him. He does it on purpose. He's an extremely educated, intellectual man. I would say he's devoid of intelligence, but that's another story. But this whole persona he creates of being a bit of a fool with his messed up hair and is going down zip wires. It, it's all a front. It's a persona to make people think, as Gail points out, he is warm and cuddly. The man obviously cannot be trusted. Never mind the fact he's a racist bigot. And Jeremy Hunt is no better. Again, someone whose persona has been moulded and engineered over the years in government to come across as someone caring and empathetic when he's actually a swine. And as Paula Peters, hello Paula Peters, brilliant disability rights activist, pointed out, the wanting to privatise the NHS v the destroyer of our NHS. Bastards both of them. Yes, they are. Of course, Boris Johnson wanting to privatise the NHS and Jeremy Hunt destroyed the NHS as we see it now. So yes, both are bastards, Paul. You're quite right. But I think Alan Davis, hello Alan Davis, at Socialism for Jobs, quite nicely summed up. This is the best summing up of the Tory leadership contest, yes. He says, hashtag Tory leadership contest, clowns running through a minefield, as Malcolm Tucker would say. Malcolm Tucker, that's of course the character from the thick of it. I won't say some of the other things he says on the show, because we do aim to be family orientated. And I don't, I don't usually say the C word, but he was famous for the C word. So yes, clowns running through a minefield sums up the Tory party in the leadership contest. Right, what else have we got? Uh, oh, yes, no one. Um, at Depressed Dog 74, friend of the show, friend of mine, and brilliant disability rights activist. No one says, activists being locked in at the DWP after we delivered the Metro on Wednesday. Oh my gosh. Yes, brilliant campaign that's been going. Dump DWP Metro lies if you've seen it or just dump Metro. Brilliant campaign about the universal credit advert that is repeatedly in the Metro by the DWP promoting how good it is, which of course a pack of lies. What a disability rights activist did um, was box up loads of copies of the Metro and take them to the Department for Work and Pensions head office at Caxton House um, on Wednesday and delivered them to them, obviously protesting about this advert. What consequently happened when they delivered to them, DWP let them in, no issues. They then locked them in for several minutes. Now, um, in my eyes, this is extremely iffy surrounding the law. Um, as Depressed Dog 74 said further down the bread, forced forced imprisonment. Um, I'm not sure they were allowed to do that. I'm sure I'm sure disabled people against cuts who organise it, we'll probably be taking this a bit further. But yes, check out the campaigns, brilliant in a minute. Dump Metro Lies.
Next up, I'm new to Twitter chirps back, Leanne Hubbard. Hello, Leanne Hubbard. She's at Leanne Hub. She says, this is really interesting, Johnson x Hong Kong. Business deal through Johnson's company to rich Chinese businessmen. They were given properties or land they really shouldn't have. Um, in place, the Tories received a huge donation from said people. It's still being investigated. Now, I didn't know about this. I've been out in the news loop slightly at the minute, but this is fascinating. I'm going to dig a bit deeper into this and see if I can find some more details. But uh, have a look. Boris Johnson and the Chinese deals with rich business men very interesting thank you leanne for that brilliant and very good commentator on this twitter thread alex tiffin who runs universal credit sufferer website hello alex he gave me loads of stories as always thanks for that alex um he said hashtag bp shutdown yes this is an ongoing situation up in scotland where greenpeace and others are protesting about um bp at the moment check that out he's done a lot of work on this hashtag justice for jody yes extremely extremely important there'll be links to this petition in the show notes it's a petition calling for an inquiry into dwp related deaths after jody whiting took her own life after being denied benefits extremely important i will link to that in the show notes um hashtag stop arming saudi yes of course the ongoing war in yemen and um, the situation with the death of a very young girl this week who the papers quite rightly reported she was already suffering from malnutrition she died a lot of people saying blood is on tory government hands with this and of course he says hashtag iran he put up a brilliant tweet about how we should not be supporting a war with iran with the u.s involved um yes of course no war with iran extremely important just complex situation but alex as well has been doing some great work on that so for all those hashtags actually check out alex tiffin's twitter feed it's at respect is vital and benefits news hello benefits news they said the manhandling of females who gate crashed the party hammond speech climate emergency appeared heated very rough however we're supposed to consider if women handling of men all things being equal had happened yep very interesting point Obviously, everyone's going to know what this is about. This is about Tory MP Mark Field, who grabbed a Greenpeace protester around her throat to remove her from a speech at Mansion House. Uh, Mark Field has since been suspended by the Tory party. Big uproar on this. I don't need to go into much details with this, but what I would say is the Canary has put out some excellent content on this. Check out the work that some of my writers have been doing. I will put a link to it in the show notes as well. And last but not least, to a comment which sort of sums up everything in this thread. It's from Yes Now, Yes Then, Yes Always, at Sarah Heath Hall. Hello, Sarah. Thank you for commenting. She says, The Tories are dangerous and the general election needs to be called. Hashtag Mayhem was holding on with a piece of thread with the defections and it's now minority government as such as we need a say. Scottish freedom is getting closer by the day. Well, yes, you know me. I was a sport of Scottish independence. But yes, we do need a general election now. It's getting absolutely ridiculous. The country had gone to the dogs. It's now gone to the dogs and the ravenous wolves as well general election is needed now exactly thank you so much sarah you are spot on and that's it for this week's twitter chirps back as always check out my timeline on thursday night you can get involved you'll be able to have your say on the week's top stories question time won't give you that and here's this week's banger in revolutionary bird song Regular listeners to this podcast will know that my girlfriend Nicola, you can follow her on Twitter, it's at Nicola C. Jeffrey. Nicola always moans at me because she says I lavish too much praise on artists. And as I always say to her, it's only because I have the best artists on this podcast who I think are amazing and an exciting talent. And my guest on this week's show is no exception to that rule. I do think, seriously, he is one of the most exciting UK rappers out there at the moment. He effortlessly glides between different styles 
He spits like the best of them with some real, in my opinion, sort of old school hip hop sensibilities. But more than that, he is talking about subjects which some artists would not even touch with a barge pole. He is extremely skilled and he's a lovely guy already. I've been chatting to him off air. I'm very excited to welcome him onto the podcast. It is Anon the Artist. Anon, thank you so much for coming on to do this. It, it took us a while to get here, didn't it, actually? We, there's a bit of, <laughs> bit, of, um, bit, bit of dramas trying to get you on, but we got there in the end. So thank you for coming on. I really uh, appreciate it. No, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. I do, I do. Thank you. Let's cut to the chase, because I'm always interested in people's backstories, if you like, not in a Simon Cowell X-Factor yeah. kind of journey kind of way. What was your journey? And we'll see you weeping by someone's grave or something. Not that kind of journey, but your proper <laughs> musical journey. Um, like I said in the introduction, you, you are a skilled rapper and lyricist. When, when did you realise that you sort of had a talent for music and specifically rap and writing rhymes? Uh, do you know what I used to... When I was younger, I used to seclude myself. I was I was very much a loner. Right? Like at school, I was a class clown. But when I went home, I didn't socialize with anybody. I just sort of stayed in my room. And I used to listen to like So Solid Crew, Dizzy Rascal, Wiley on Upfront FM, and that. And then like I used to think, yeah, man, I could I could, I could do this MCing thing, you know, and like get out like how I feel and stuff. And then I used to come out with deep lyrics, and people used to think like, oh, this kid's like fifteen, sixteen, and he's like spitting garage mc lyrics but like about how he's feeling and shit instead of just like you know what i mean standard flows and then from there i just i started listening to rap and then yeah i was just like yeah i feel i feel this rap thing as well and it just anyway to write i was just writing how i felt really from young from like 15 16 I mean, it's the best way to start if it's natural because a lot of artists kind of, not so much rap artists, but some of the artists go down there, oh, I went and trained at stage school and blah, 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 blah. But it's often like, it's, they come across as a bit sort of false and manufactured. And I think doing it naturally, yeah. especially writing about what you're feeling, is the best way to be. You, it's interesting you say that you sort of were listening to grime and then sort of looked more into rap because, as I said in the introduction, you are really kind of musically diverse if you look at your catalogue of tracks. Is that a reflection? in like your own musical taste do you do you just listen to grime or hip-hop or, or it, it, is it just because you you feel that certain lyrics and certain subjects matter cert, sort of fit into certain genres what what makes you so diverse yeah to be honest it's, it's it is it's the music i listen to you know like what well, one day i could wake up and i'll be like yeah i'm gonna listen to a bit of logic or a bit of cadet or like do you know what i mean some like some deep rap or something like that Next day I can wake up and I, I want to listen to some Tracy Chapman greatest hits. Like, do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Come on, shout out Tracy Chapman. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then, like, yeah. So, like, and then the next day I wake up and I'll just be feeling like, yeah, whoever like Lowski or someone like that. Do you know what I mean? And I'll just be feeling that drill thing. So, and then I'm just like, I get inspired real easily. That's the thing with with what I've got borderline personality disorder. My my feelings and emotions are real extreme. So if I if I'm low, I'm real low. But if I'm inspired, I'm real fucking inspired. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm about to make fucking four tracks of this right now. Like, do you know what I mean? And I'll write about everything and it will just flow. I won't even think. And then within a couple of hours, I've wrote three, four tracks. And people are just like, man, you know what I mean? And it, but that, that is why, man, I just, every, every day I wake up, listen to music and it's different every day. Right? It's literally different. It and I love listening to new music, new music as well. Like, you know what I mean? When people say, oh, check this artist out. I'll look deep into them, look at all their interviews, everything that if there's any behind the scenes footage, I want to get to know everything about that artist, you know what I mean? And then that just inspires me massively, man. 
Well, it's great that you are so diverse and, like I say, extremely, extremely masterful at it. You you touched on the fact you live with um, borderline personality disorder, and I want to I want to get into a bit about that now because the most recent two tracks you've released are Medicated and Medicated Part Two, which are about mental health. I mean, essentially, the the the, the story is a sort of a man who's who's desperate and battling with his mental health and you're quite open about the fact that it is based on your own experience i mean what why did you come to the conclusion to go right i'm going to put this shit down on paper and then turn it into music was why did you come to that decision and was it a difficult one to be so like raw in in what you're saying no do you know what it was i'll break it down too properly then yeah so, you know, I said I started writing at like a young age and then basically I hit a bad mental health stage at like 16, 17, stopped music altogether for like 10, 12 years and just was in a real bad place. Then I had real bad things happening in my life that led to me writing a suicide note. And the starting line of that suicide note was basically saying, everyone's saying I'm crazy, I'm twisted, this, that and the other. And then I just sort of broke down and then had this whole thinking thing of actually, let me go back to the one thing that I was ever good at. And I was writing music and that was the only way I could get shit off my chest because I wasn't getting seen by therapists. I was getting passed around people and I just thought, fuck it, let me just try and pull it out like this. And then I wrote it. And then, yeah, in my head, I already knew like how, how I wanted it all to go. And, and that was that was the first song that I wrote coming back. You know, that, and then I released the other shit, but I was sitting on this because I just I just knew it was something different. Do you know what I mean? I knew there was such a strong message there that I didn't want to just do it quick, you know. And then yeah, man, that's that's kind of how it all, all came together. I just thought yeah, and then when I heard the second one, I just thought yeah, I need to write a part two. Like when I heard the beat, I was like, I need to finish it. And then in my head, I already knew how the video was going to be. I knew it was going to be based on my life and and people not really paying attention of the signs that I was struggling and how I felt secluded in that. And my so I wanted people not to feel secluded. I want them to hear that and go, wow, no, I'm not the only one that's going through that. You know what I mean? And that's kind of how it all come about. So it was all from a suicide note, really. Blimey, that's quite that's quite a story, and and you're I mean you're spot on that making people feel that they're not just out there battling it on on their own, and that that comes yeah. across brilliantly from both from both tracks. So your experience was that no one was really helping you in the way they should have done, and they were just sort of people just saying you're no, you're crazy, you're bad, as it were. Was that your experience? Yeah. yeah so like, I realised that friends and family were cutting me off because I was this bad person. I was doing these bad traits, but there was, you know, nothing wrong with me at the time because since young, doctors just said I was depressed. But when I finally got diagnosed with borderline personality disorder at the time, now it's called emotionally unstable personality disorder. When I got diagnosed with that and they listed all of these traits, I was just like, they've literally just listed my whole life of things that I've been doing, things that I've been doing wrong, maybe, because of this, do you know, and now I understand this, do you know what I mean? And so, yeah, I was, I, for ages, I was misdiagnosed, and I was given this medication just for depression, which was just making me feel so shit, do you know what I mean? It wasn't helping me, and then when I was finally diagnosed, and I got my therapy, and I started getting my help, and I was on the correct medication, everything started making sense, and I started seeing things clearly, and I thought, okay, now I understand that I do that because of this, so now I can try and overcome that. If, even if it takes a little bit of therapy or whatever, you know what I mean? I get a little bit of help, and then 
and know what obstacles I need to overcome. It's going to take some time, but at least I can sort of manage my life somewhat now, you know what I mean? And my lows, when the, when the lows hit, I know that they're going to pass, you know what I mean? And it's going to be real good days, so I just need to ride that shit out now, man. But yeah, I was, I was passed around like therapy, and the thing is where I had no fixed abode, I was passed around therapists, and then they would be like, I'd be near on a waiting list, n- nearly nearly at the front, and then, oh, you've moved there, we are. Now you've got to go on this waiting list. Oh, it's another eight months. And I wasn't getting seen for, like, I was getting seen once or twice in a year, and it was just like, mate, I need some real help, you know what I mean? And, and I felt like no one was doing it. So it was more of a, Medicaid was more of a cry for help, innit? It was more of, like, someone fucking start listening, man, because real talk, it wasn't good. <laughs> no absolutely and i mean the thing is your your experience is probably familiar to to a lot of people and a lot of a lot of listeners listening actually because i mean you know as well as i do that when you're kind of um uh on the on the bottom rungs of society if you like the provision mm. for mental health services isn't great and all all they'll do been them myself all they do is dump you on tablets just to wrap up um anon so what you told me off air and i was like no no, tell me when we're recording. Um, what has 2019 got in store for you for the rest of the year? Oh, yeah. So we've got yes. Medicated and Medicated Part 2. What else is coming up, please? Um, so I've got the EP Diagnosed. Hey. And that's um, that's basically about finally being diagnosed, having this li- weight lifted, like I said to you. like It's just it's mainly a load of just... It's, well, it's six tracks just telling you about me, isn't it? It's just a little introduction about me. At the same time, I'm working on, like, a, f- a few a few other tracks which uh, and videos and stuff like that which we're just doing on the side at the moment to just drop like alongside all of that so yeah man just just loads of music it's going to be constant now it's going to be constant now and when is the ep going to drop uh we're looking at next month i think is it soon is it yeah 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 soon yeah yeah it's already it's done it's done it's been done for a long time about eight nine months now it's been done yeah and i've got a, got about 30 40 tracks just sat there ready bloody so. hell okay well oh. tell Corey from me that he needs to put his finger out of his ass and get it, get it released <laughs> <All right. We'll> <laughs> anon it has been i really enjoy chatting to you it's been great um, um speaking to you you're such a talented artist i, I think what you're doing is Appreciate absolutely it, brilliant um you're really 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 good and i'm so looking forward to the ep will you please come back on when you drop that and we will oh, yeah. discuss the ep at length 100 percent, man 100 percent. nice one excellent for the minute anon thank you so much for coming on the podcast love my bro take care man what an amazing guy Anon is. I really enjoyed ta- chatting to him. And I think he's brilliant in terms of the fact he is breaking down these barriers between topics which might not always be discussed in certain genres of music and the fact he's bringing them out in the open. It's absolutely brilliant. And here is one of the medicated tracks. This is the first one, Medicated Part 1. It's absolutely stunning. All power to the grind violinist as well for getting involved. So here it is, Medicated by Anon the Artist. Since day one, they said I was crazy twisted Couldn't be a sicker guy, constantly charging my brethren's drifted 
Self-destructive, so reluctant to accept I was mentally shifted They say that I'm borderline, bro Apparently they put a label on this shit Psychopath, sociopath, suicidal, yeah, that's what they say Call me weak, you ain't even last an hour, don't let alone a day Look, I'm a fighter though, but that's what I want you to know The other personal shit that I wrote in my suicide note, it just ain't for show Look, where do I start? How do you wanna see into the heart? How do you wanna see into the soul with no light feared, constantly dark? My story ain't like yours, bruv My story ain't got three parts I've got that middle and ending sorted childhood's destiny I had no start Mentally blocked, mentally scarred, mentally fucked up So many mental mentalities that the fatalities to get plugged up I get past round therapists, one to the next, on to the next Next time that it's on to the next, let's cut to our meds and it's on to the death Bed, is it serious now? But when my neck, yeah, it's serious now Plans to die a regular recurrence nightly, bro, so it's serious now Don't look so surprised, I know you can see in the eyes I was always the one with the banner, now it's just hatred and therapy ties Yeah Look Had to get this out, man years in the making for this I don't deal with them Ashton Kutchers That trouble they're causing beef People are starting to call me the butchers I might sell to the gangsters and that's it. Series 2, Episode 8 of Top Lung Caged is done. I'd like to thank my fantastic guests this week, the incredible Jane from UK Mortgage Prisons. Follow them on Twitter, it's at Mortgage Prison and the sensational Anon the Artist. Follow him on Twitter, it's at Anon underscore the underscore artist. As always, behind the scenes, thank you to the love of my life, the gorgeous Nicola Jeffrey. Follow her on Twitter, it's at Nicholas D. Jeffrey. My man, Andy Booth, sounds engineer, at Pauls. Follow him on Twitter, it's at Pauls with Z Radio. And my in-house singer, it's Ray Star Music. Follow her on Twitter, it's at Ray underscore Star Bomb on 3. Until next week, take care of yourselves. I'll see you again very soon. Uncaged.